Welcome to the Write It Down podcast of the 1513 Network. I'm your host, Brooke Murado, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next, we have the beautiful Jake Kaiser joining us. She just wrote a book called Daffodil Hill. She's going on tour starting June 7th to promote this book. She has a blog named Gucci to Goats, which you'll see as this interview starts. That's what I thought the name of her book was because I made a boo-boo. But anyways, it was a super fun interview. She's super gracious and forgiving. Gucci to Goats is a blog she began writing, talking about her life, how she left the city and went for the country to learn how to start a fire and do different things that we haven't been able to do for a long time because we are being more dependent on um, the government, on grocery stores, um, fast food restaurants. So she's trying to simplify her life. So she started writing this blog and then someone from um, the Cosmopolitan reached out to her and uh, wanted to interview her on this. So she is a very, very talented girl. She has so much wit and wisdom. Uh, we talked probably for hours weeks ago talking about uh, her coming on this show, but we just connected really well just about faith and about the dark times and the good times and, and the doors opening for us. So I I know you guys are going to really enjoy this interview with Jake Kaiser. And um, yeah, so I'm just super excited. Her personality is just super engaging. And as you guys know, I make mistakes. So don't put it in the comments, please. But anyways, uh, sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. My next guest is this beautiful lady right here, Jake Kaiser. Jake, Jake, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because I think that authors and creatives, we, we get along really well, right? Our, our minds are always running. Uh, we're always making connections with people. And then when you write, you can kind of escape from that, but also just you're able to, I don't know, bring the world something different. And so I'm super excited to share um, just a little bit of your, your process of writing a book, your new book coming out in June, uh, Gucci to Goats. I love the title because I love Gucci and I love all things girl. <laughs> and then also following you on Instagram and just seeing your life. I mean, you um, have how many goats? Um, currently 12. 12 goats. And yeah, not many. Not many. <laughs> just, a, just a smidge. Um, so why don't you go ahead and share with us just kind of that journey of going from the Gucci lifestyle to having now 12 goats in Mississippi? Yes. Okay. So first I should say the book is actually called Daffodil Hill, okay. which is the name of the farm. My blog okay. was Gucci Goats. Okay. And when I was, I was living in Tampa and I really started having these feelings of wanting to be more self-reliant. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I think we had a boil water issue that, um, I couldn't grow anything. And I started thinking about more and more and more. I, I have no real life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time it, it's something that I kind of became obsessed with. So while I was living in Tampa, I thought I'm going to start this process. I had no intention of moving away or moving to a farm, I thought, how can I be more self-reliant and learn these skills um, in the city? So I started my blog, Gucci to Goats, Mm -hmm. uh, and it was things like recipes, how to do some things at home, maybe grow some herbs. Um, One of the first videos I did was on, instead of uh, making almond milk, instead of having preservatives and thickeners and things that they have in the store, I thought... I can do this at home. It's healthier. 
and I can just learn something. Mm-hmm. And then I started making lip balm, which all my friends became obsessed with. And it was things like, wow, I can make just about anything at the grocery store in my home. Right. Um, and so that's kind of how it started little baby steps towards some self-reliance. Um, and then I ended up telling, I didn't tell many people that I was kind of obsessed with a farm life or, <laughs> or with, you know, what happens when technology fails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy theorist, yep, which is same. now a very bad word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what it's all stemmed from. Okay. And I, I told some family members in Mississippi that one day I'd love to have some land and learn these things when I retire. Well, my stepmother took that and ran with it and found a property in Mississippi, the one I'm living on now. And she called me early one morning and she says, I found a farm for you. Well, it wasn't a farm. It was a house with some land. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you've got 48 hours to get up here and see this place as another offer. Wow. So I jumped in my car, came to Mississippi and I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this. There's no way, you know, I'm in my thirties. This is ridiculous. And um, I got here, I fell in love with the land. I started envisioning myself and I'm like, there's so much peace here. Right. And my anxiety felt calmer. So after the tour of the farm, I was told I had to make a decision right then. And I'm like, well, I don't have a relationship. I, I have a, I have a business in Florida, but I can do it anywhere. Right. And so I made the decision to leave everything I knew. And I lied about it. I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. Very few people, some friends and family knew I was leaving. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it quiet. I was nervous about my business failing. Yeah. And, um, so I, I kind of just lied and just told people I was away on business yes. or doing something. <laughs> meeting a client. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. Always. I'm, I'm, on I'm with the client. Meeting. Yeah. That's right. So what That's was, right. what was your business? Uh, marketing and PR. Okay. And so are you done with that? Are you still doing that? Like you're still I'm done. You're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm you done. did marketing and PR and now people are about to market and be, be your PR personnel. So tell us That's a little right. bit how that flipped and if you ever saw that coming. Okay. No, I did not see it coming. Uh-huh. In fact, um, so I didn't think anything of the Gucci to goats blog. I had a, a couple friends in Tampa, um, and, and you're in that area. So mm-hmm. people probably know Brian Glazier, mm-hmm. um, who owns the Bucks, And right. he's like, this is a brand. This is, we went to lunch before I did this. And he goes, this is a brand. I'm proud of you. And I was like, you're nuts. Right. <laughs> this is not a brand. This is a very private, quiet thing. Yeah. And it ended up being, he was right. And I never attempted, I started the blog again. When I moved here, I got really quiet and I stopped doing the blog. Mm-hmm. I think I was just afraid and I was failing left and right. And I didn't want people to know. I didn't have anything to write about. I didn't think. So um, a couple of years into it, I had a dream with my grandfather that was very, very vivid. And he said, it's time for you to show, you have to start the blog back. You have to show your life. And it scared me, but it was so real. I jumped out of bed <laughs> and just started writing. I wrote my first blog of restarting Gucci to goats. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to commit to a blog every day and just have, so I'll have 30. So I did one, I did one every day for a month recipes, whatever. Right. The 30th day I get an email from editor of Cosmo saying they had found my blog and wanted to do a story. And I thought it was a joke. I deleted it. 
And then I tell it one of my friends. I know I'm like, how do they even find this? Yeah. Nobody's reading this. 30 blogs, just 30. But that's what happened and with Joanna Gaines. Like she had some little blog and somebody found her. Like I literally, like she maybe had 12 people reading this. And then it's like, I mean, it's happened before. I, and I had 12, but that's amazing. But it's happening to you. It's literally yeah, happening. Yeah. To, I'm you, watching it unfold. Okay, anyways, keep going. Yeah. And people, it's, it's ironic because people don't, people just presume that because I was a publicist that I did all this, that right. I sought this out. I did right. not. Yeah. I was going through the dark night of the soul. Um, I had utterly lost my faith in myself, in life, in God. It was really bad. Dark, yeah. And uh, so I was very private and I was not healed. And so I didn't think any of it when they reached out. And eventually, I, or later on that afternoon, after I got that email and deleted it, a friend called and I was like, you're not going to believe this. Somebody's posting as Cosmo and contacted me about an interview. And this blog is basically 30 days old. Wow. It's, you know, re restarting it. Yeah. And she goes, pull that email up, just respond. Because we you know when they contact you through your form on your website, you can't see a signature, you right. can't see much. Mm -hmm. And she goes, who's the email? I said, hearst.com. And she goes, oh, you're responding. I did. They responded immediately, flew out, brought a team, did a feature. And then it went, life went nuts after that. Like yeah. my phone wouldn't stop dinging. It would shut down because mm -hmm. it was overheating. And then after that, People Magazine contacted me. Wow. And I did a feature. Then after that, um, agent started contacting me and then my agent and I was honestly I I cried for hours after the Cosmo thing because I'm by myself I knew better than to think that they would do nothing but I had no more publicist in me anymore right. it's just I was like why would anybody be interested this is weird why yeah. would anybody care that someone left their life in the city right to move to do a solo life learning self-reliance mm -hmm. I just thought it was not interesting uh -huh. <laughs> well apparently it was and then I ended up signing with my um, literary agent and she goes, you need to write a book. And I was like, I don't have anything to write about because mm -hmm. I was that far removed from my own life. And I ended up getting a lot of offers and interviews um, for the publishers and signed with Random House. Wow. And it was no, none of this I sought out. I never wanted to be a writer. I never thought I would... Um, be an author. It wasn't the dream. Right. Okay. So what's crazy about all of this is you tried to leave that, that high, like that fast paced high life of marketing yes. and PR. And then you go and you seek, you know, solace. And then now that hustle's finding you. And right. so what's crazy about that is number one, I think you have a gift. I think you really do have a gift. I've, I talked to you Thank for you. hours before we've done this show, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and you have a gift for communicating and, and getting things across and educating people. Cause there are things that I don't know. And I think that's something that people do need to, to be aware of, you know, like we even saw it like very, very briefly with COVID of toilet paper going out of stock, you know, that's people right. are crazy when their livelihood it's being threatened and you yes, decided to leave that livelihood and learn the art of self-reliance which I think is beautiful 
Um, but tell us a little bit, and you don't have to go into like avid detail, but I think there's something to be said here about you went through kind of like a dark time of like really feeling like you don't even know who you are anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, now that you're on the other side, the beauty is, is you can help others now that you're on the other side. Cause you understand what that's like to go through that. So maybe just tell us like a little, little bit about what you learned about yourself and how you interact with people and even how you interact with God now that you've been through kind of the ringer emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally. Mm -hmm. Well, so, um, the, the book is about on a high line, Mm -hmm. um, city to country and, but the the self-reliant stuff is definitely all a part of it. It was part of what helped me get stronger, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know that at the time when you're in just a very dark area and you feel like you've got, when you move and you take yourself out of society you know, there's a saying everywhere you go, there you are. That's true. But sometimes when you're there and you've stripped yourself from all of your, um, your network, your social network, especially when you've not telling people the truth about what you've done, Mm -hmm. you're alone and you're forced to look at yourself. You're forced to reconcile your relationship to yourself, to your belief system, um, to your spirituality, whatever it is. And I had no other choice but then to look at it eventually. Because mm-hmm. at first right. I was I had extreme anxiety. I was really, really social. I was traveling the world, um, partying. Mm-hmm. And to break out of that where you know, I had to learn or it was very obvious to me that money was making money was a skill, but it's not a life, not a life skill right. in regards to if, if things, um, fail, or if you go through a hard time, you have to learn, um, that there are a lot of things you can do our society. We don't even have home ec anymore. I don't yeah. think most schools are doing shop, Mm-mm. um, things that are truly our foundation is our home and we don't know how to take care of it anymore. There's people, I give them eggs. And recently someone's like, I don't know how to make deviled eggs. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's a staple very simple item. Thing. Yeah. And, and it sounds so silly, but you know, even learning to start my own fire right. from scratch with no, no starter, no help. Um, it, it, it was those little tiny self-reliant skills that gave me strength. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was being worked on spiritually and I was, and I was working on myself, but I didn't know I was working on myself. Right. Yeah. Well, and it gives you confidence to be able to accomplish something. And so when you're sitting there learning how yeah. to start a fire or how to make deviled eggs or, or do make cake. Yes, I finally made a cake from scratch. I mean, I want to say finally because I've attempted in the past, but I like made one for my sister's birthday. And I was like, this is so much more fun than a box. But it's easy yeah. to go get a box and measure out, That's you know, right. three, four cups right. of canola or vegetable oil but like when you're sitting there and then you're making the frosting there's something uh very therapeutic that happens when you're doing that and this isn't just for baking or for for women you know that you know when men yeah it's for everyone it's kind of going back to the whole eagle scout girl scout not just Mm -hmm. eating the cookies the thin mints in your in your freezer but actually learning how to to do certain things and it's true I remember whenever I was in a dark place um I had gotten um, a new job and that helped me because it was something I had to kind of report for duty for and felt purpose and when you Mm -hmm. feel like you are bringing something to the table it automatically kind of lifts that that ego and so now we're living in a society where not many people are bringing 
much to the table. You know, you, we've, we briefly chatted about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we briefly chatted about this. Like you just don't, you don't know anymore. Like you don't want to be that way now. Right. I don't see children doing chores. No, I don't see them. I mean, country kids, very different right. set of kids. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they won't even let me pay them to help. That's just what, mm-hmm. that's just what people do yeah. in your community. Yeah. Help. Um, but I host a lot of kids and families and it's astonishing to me, the number of children that are out there whose parents do everything for them. Um, and these kids know nothing and there's a lot of fear in them. Yeah. And we've done that yep. to these, these little people. Sad. <laughs> it's our fault. Yeah. It, yeah. So, and it's, it's super, it's devastating to see that these kids are like robotic for the most yeah. part. And, you know, yeah. there's, there's this level of like when my sister and I, you know, want to do something on the weekend, well, you need to go weed first. Like there are weeds <laughs> in the bed. Like you spend the yeah. morning on Saturday mm-hmm. and you pull weeds, you know, you and take, you, you take care of your house, you take right. care of your foundation because mm-hmm. that's, that's your mind. Right. Yeah. That's, your, you know, what, Ooh. what you've had organized and what you've done mm-hmm. that help that helps keep you centered where, mm-hmm. okay, I got this together. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with write it down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now back to the show. Do you have vision of potentially opening up like a portion of your property? You know, you mentioned like hosting people, but like bringing people in and taking them through like a week long boot camp where Monday you learn, you know, how to start a fire, how to, you know, if you were living with no electricity, you know, no electricity day, then the next day, like how to milk a cow. Like, are there certain things that you can, you can kind of envision in the next few years of doing? Yes. I would love to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll say this though, life has never given me what I have gone for necessarily Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or what I really wanted. I desperately wanted to be a mother and a wife. Didn't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, didn't want to have, um, you know, traumas either happen. So, so people always say, well, you got to plan, you gotta, you gotta go in this certain direction, have a concrete plan. Well, that has never worked for me. In fact, when I've gone for things, the door has closed or not opened at all. Mm -hmm. So for me now I go where that door is open Mm -hmm. or what is opening. And it's just been, it's made life a lot easier. So planning wise, yes, I would love to do something because it is a passion of mine. Um, self-empowerment through self-reliance. And that is my write it down. Yes. Um, Very important. Yes. Um, But yeah, I, I am not making big plans because I don't know what the future holds and learning from my past. Mm -hmm. um, Do I have certain desires? Yeah. I really want to help people recover Mm -hmm. um, and know that just because life lobbed a bomb, I now call them course corrections. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, you can recover from just about anything. Yeah. And, um, so I don't, I don't really make a whole lot of plans right now, no, that's but wise. what I love to, yes, yeah. I really would love to be out there to help people just get 
get some some skills and learn some things because we're just lacking. We're yeah, lacking. We're lacking a lot. Society. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And it's not that you or anyone braces for the punch of like, well, life is just never going to be what I want it to be. So might as well, you know, kind of that, that negative thinking. But what you're saying is like, okay, no, I'm going to go where the doors are opened because I've Mm -hmm. been through enough situations where I've tried to barge down a door and I'm left disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm left insecure. I'm left feeling like, you know, is there just, yeah, bitter. (laughs) And is there a disconnect between me and God and doors opening? Like what's going on? Oh yeah. And so I think the, the beauty of that and, and even the, the mercy, of kind of coping with that is being like, whoa, there are a lot of things that have opened up for me. Were they the ones that I initially thought I was going to go for? No, but they are opening. And it seems as though um, a lot of doors in in this arena are opening for you with your blog and with your your book coming out. So what are some of the things that you would maybe say you're apprehensive about, uh, about going on this book tour and just kind of the things that you've seen? Because you are going to be thrown in more into the marketing PR world again. So what are some of the things that you're a little apprehensive about? Okay. A lot apprehensive about being out in front of people. Mm -hmm. I was very very social and now I'm, I'm super reclusive and I I love people, but, um, it's going to be hard. It's, it's, it's difficult energy wise Mm -hmm. because I've been so used to being protected. Really. I'm in a cocoon Mm -hmm. and now I'm being thrown out and, into society again. Yeah. I know that is an issue and right. I'm trying to grapple with that every single day of, um, you know, one thing I learned with Cosmo versus people, when you start doing these interviews, they have very specific demographics that they cater to mm. and a certain mindset that they tend to cater to. And some of those people aren't my type of people. Like yeah. they're, they're, there's a lot of judgment. There's people being fickle. There's people with opinions. And I have seen, put it this way. I now have some sympathy or empathy for like the Kardashians or other people yeah. who that people will take a snippet of what said. And that changes the whole narrative. The, yeah. The whole narrative. Yeah. Completely. So and I'm a very honest person and I, I just want to make sure that what's happening is authentic and that I'm, you know, finding the right people. Mm-hmm. And so I am very apprehensive about publicity itself. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm living someone else's dream and I, I'm like, I never asked for this, but I've always wanted to help people. Right. I just didn't know that I was by helping myself. I was also, going to be helping others to be able to do what I wanted to do. So all of this is like a massive gift. And I keep having to to remind myself this is a gift. Yes. This is a gift. This is going to be a platform where I can speak. Right. And And you have a lot, you have a lot of knowledge and just wisdom and care for people. And that's what people need, you know, to be told like, Hey, you can do this. Like this might seem hard right now, but this will become like second nature to you, but you've just been dumbed down by society, so to speak. And, you know, I think the, the beauty is, is you also have a, you know, your cocoon, your safe haven. So Mm -hmm. this, it'll always be a place now, instead of like living the hustle high life and then living in a big city, now you'll be like, 
really connected with people, but now you have a safe haven to go back to and you'll be able to recharge. And it's, and your story is very similar to everybody's in the sense of it is yes, 100% unique, but you think about when you're on an airplane and they say, you know, put your mask on before helping somebody else, right? You had to put your mask on. You had to learn how to do these things, how to heal, how to, you know, if you went to therapy, you go to therapy, whatever Mm -hmm. it is in your, in your healing process. And then the skills you learn, it's like putting your mask on. So that way you can help somebody else when their plane is crashing. And so I think that there's just going to be a wealth of gifts that come from these doors opening and this book tour that you're going on. Um, We've briefly chatted about how there really is no how to on becoming famous or um, just having more notoriety. So like, what was that initially like when these articles are coming out? And I imagine if we talk again in like November, December of this year, you're going to have a, like a ton of stories of like, you yes. know, people writing you letters, people thinking that they're your soulmate, like weird stuff happens. So That's what right. are some of the things that have maybe happened um, along the way and kind of been like, oh my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> um, well, the morning that the Cosmo story landed, it was 6, 6 a.m. And uh, a friend of mine called and I was groggy and I answered because I was for some reason still asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, it's starting. And I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden I looked at my phone and it was just ding, 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 ding. And shutting down my computer was going nuts. It was, it was insane. My phone was running off the hook. I was like, this is not what I expected yeah. sitting here by myself in rural Mississippi. And People wanted to reach out for various reasons, but you know, one of the other things going back to the, what what am I apprehensive about? One thing that's happened a lot was uh, women and some men who have come forward after having losses with miscarriages. Mm -hmm. um, And many people showed up in my life that were suicidal and they didn't want therapy. They wanted to talk to someone who had been through it. And that is also very scary. It's a lot of responsibility but I had been there. So all I can do is have an interaction with these people because I know, you know, I, I did not go to therapy. I probably should have, but fortunately I was able to get through it. But I understand wanting to be with someone who has gone through what you've gone through. Of course. So they can relate to that. But that is something that I'm also apprehensive about, but that, that came out of part of this publicity with Cosmo and and people and then a variety of local and Mississippi publications and then some international (laughs) ones. Um, It's, it's astonishing to me that so many people that were in need found me to reach out Mm -hmm. and that's indicative of society as well. Right now, you know, people who were like, uh, the, maybe they just wanted some self-reliance and they, and I, one day I, I showed up at home after going to the grocery store, which people would follow me around the grocery store. Weird. <laughs> it's, when you're, when mm-hmm. you've gone from no one sees you to people think they you. see you or they think they know you and they know all of your animals' names <laughs> right, right, and they right. know about your life. Yeah. Um, but I came home one day and there was a woman sitting on dressed to the nines, sitting on my porch, bawling, just mm. crying. And I'm like, what? I don't know what's happening. So I just put my groceries down. I sit with her and for, for hours, mm-hmm. she's crying and telling me how um, they're miserable. She and her husband, still very much in love, have um, 
kids in college and she's like, my husband and I are miserable. We've been living the city lifestyle forever and we're both unhappy and we can't afford to move right now with the kids in college and we're in suburbia and all we want is what you have. And I said, you know, you, you're married. Do you still love each other? And she said, yes, we have the exact same ideals of what we want. I said, well, you're way ahead of the, g- the game then because you've got a partner. I said, and you live in a neighborhood? And she said, yes. I said, do you have any property whatsoever, any lawn? And she said, well, we have a pool. I said, great, start where you're at. You want a self-reliant lifestyle? There's a ton of things you can do. And self-reliance can even be, I want to learn a new language. I want to learn some foreign words, whatever, go for the low-hanging fruit. Right. So now, this is several years later, they're happy, they're moving to their first little homestead. And they're both their lives changed. They changed their careers. And these are people in their late fifties. Wow. And they changed their whole life, but they were able to do it together, which makes life a lot, a lot easier. easier. Yeah, for sure. And wow. so, yeah. So yeah, it's, that's what, that's what happens when you start getting any kind of publicity yeah. is, is my attorney's like, you become a product. You're no longer a person. That's true. Gosh, that's I mean, it's not scary. I shouldn't say it like that emphatically, but it's just like to think that like you can become and everybody can nowadays, especially with social media Mm -hmm. and access to people, you know, back in the day with traditional media, you know, if you had a famous person, you had to wait or a famous person you really liked, you had to wait until their concert or wait until they were in their city or wait till the newspaper came out with something about them. You couldn't just follow them directly on social media and watch their stories and different things like that. So the thought that everybody can become a brand, you know, um, it's just kind of a scary, but it's it's just (laughs) you are. And that's just the world we're living in. And, you know, can you before we get to rapid fire and I write it down, I do want to ask you one quick thing about self-reliance. When you say self-reliance, can you give us like your definition of of self-reliance and and also how you would balance that without completely isolating because having community and friends that are like-minded are also super helpful. So how would you define those two things? Well, a friend of mine, she made the, she calls it social capital. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a support system, you know, your family, your friends, and you're in an area, your colleagues, that's your, that's your, um, your support system. That's your, your people. You're like inner circle. Yeah. Right. And, and that is actually a powerful thing Mm -hmm. when you have that kind of support system, your social capital. Um, what I did was leaving all of that and, um, at that point you're you're, you have to start on your self-reliance because you've got nothing else. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, um, self-reliance is, is, um, it's the ability to take care of yourself in many different facets, mm-hmm. you know, from food, water, clothing, maintaining yourself without putting strain on, on society. And to the contrary, when you have some skills, um, you're automatically more valuable in your community. Right. That's, that's, um, 
bartering. You can do all kinds of things. If you can make a string into a blanket or a sweater, that's a superpower. Yeah. No, really. Especially nowadays. It's yeah, like an anomaly. Provide, mm-hmm. um, or like me, now I have a lot of, of animal knowledge and animal health, which actually translated more into my health, learning how to do things naturally. Um, I don't have to go seek outside of myself like I used to, right. you know, if before, if I had a cold, I'd, I need something <laughs> for either a doctor's script or I was seeking other people's help. Now I'm like, all right, what's happening? Right. Um, what, what, what am I, what's my system missing? Yeah. And, and learning I your body. Yeah, that's right. 100%. So, you're, that's, so that to me is self-reliance. It's an all encompassing every facet of life, right. where can I learn these certain skills? What am, what am I interested in? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to go hunt. That's not me. I'd rather wear a pretty dress and cook right? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, play with the chickens and the, and milk the goats mm-hmm. and make cheese or, or whatever. Right. Um, it's different for everyone, but from a baseline self-reliance is relying on yourself as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It makes you a stronger person. And it makes your community much stronger, stronger. Yeah. And just working on and finding your gifts and working on them. So that yeah. way we go back to and kind of, fun. right. It is. It and it goes kind of back full circle of having something to bring to the table. If you're constantly yes, taking, taking, taking from people and you're not giving, well, that's selfish, truly. Yes. And so what you're doing is super cool, how you're trying to empower people to look outside of this kind of. I don't want to say like it's like a a mask, but maybe it is. But just kind of looking beyond the curtain a little bit of like, whoa, there is like every social media post I see, there's a hidden motive behind it. Every single product on the shelf that says organic or whatever, non-GMO, like, do you really know that? Everything is about appearances Appearance, right. And that is not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a facade. So you have to look behind the facade and we all have it. Yep. And... Um, that's, that's a scary realization when you realize what's the narrative that this person is pushing. Um, are they authentic? Um, what's real? What's the facade? And that's hard to pick through these days. Right. Really difficult. Well, and it's vulnerable to drop your own facade. It's vulnerable mm-hmm. to go try yeah. and start a fire and fail and not just use your lighter or it's, it's vulnerable <laughs> yes. to, to make something and give it to someone and it, it's disgusting because it wasn't box made. Yeah. That's very vulnerable. But through mm-hmm. that process, you can learn. And also, it's a very humbling process. And so yes. it's just super neat that um, you're about to go on tour and just share uh, your book and just your story. And more people are going to probably reach out to you. More people are probably going to want to know the secret. And I know that you will have a lot of grace in that area because you've been through some things. And I feel like it's really cool to see that God equipped you in this marketing and PR life that you had, you know, and now you're going into this with just more a a holistic approach in your own life. Mm -hmm. Um, But also Mm -hmm. you're not going to be blindsided because you've been there. And so you've been 100% equipped. Um, I apologize for labeling your blog as your book. That was a total okay, okay. horrible it host. It should have been that. <laughs> it should have. No, no. It was horrible on, on the host part. But I want to get to our rapid fire questions and also I write it down. So my first one is, would you rather be a boss or an employee of someone? Oh, I'm a boss now. Yeah. Oh, you see that? I'm yeah. a boss now. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird transition. I am a very good employee, but there's a part of me that feels like one day I might be a boss, like, and that's scary but for that's me. The, that's, 
that's the perfect boss. I am a great employee. Right. I get things done, done. and I care. Mm-hmm. And we don't see a lot of that. No. So to me, the, the best employees make the best bosses. bosses. And I've been an employee. Well, I own my business, but I worked as, you know, the janitor and the CEO. It didn't matter. Right. Right. And that I, grit. So you want those people who are good employees right. to be bosses. If you're just going up the food chain, you, you know, what, what reference do you have? That's true. Well, Most people, you can tell then, who just made it. Right. Who has been given or or almost bequeathed or whatever, um, right. just some sort of status or a That's business. Right. We, we see it in government all day long. <laughs> no, no experience. That'll be part two hired. of this podcast. We'll talk about conspiracy theorists. <laughs> and if you guys want to tune out, you can. But I'm like, what? if you get me on a conspiracy, I'll be like, I'll be crazy. Okay. Would you rather have <laughs> next one? <laughs> right. Next podcast. This will yeah. be after hours. Um, would you rather have a cocktail with Oprah or tea with the queen? You know, I would, I would have to do a cocktail with Oprah because, and I'm not a, a big drinker anymore, yeah. but because had it not been for Oprah, when I was 27, I heard her story about being molested mm-hmm. and that had happened to me. And I had never heard of anyone else going through that. And it's because I would thank her. I don't know anything about her. Um, I don't have any preference, but I would thank her for telling that story because had she not done that, I would have not known for who knows how many more years. I was 27 when I found out that right. molesting is a thing mm. and that it's horrible and that, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. that it can affect you the rest of your life. So, yeah, cocktail with Oprah for sure, because I would have to thank her for a lot of bra- the word bravery is being thrown out around a lot these yep. days. But that's brave that to come out brave. about something that's so shameful. Yeah, I would I would cocktail with Oprah. Cocktail Although with Oprah. I would probably incorporate tea. <laughs> right. You could have tea with Oprah. But yes. yeah. And yes. maybe never have a cocktail with the queen. OK. Would you rather drive an RV across the United States and go to every national park or be flown to Australia and spend an entire month there with white glove service. Not going to Australia right now. So <laughs> Okay, in an ideal world. You, you, let's pretend there's not up. I did. Okay. This is not yeah, about conspiracies. This is the Philippines. <laughs> if I had a choice, I lived in the Philippines I as know. a kid. I would go back in a heartbeat. Yes. I do like that other side of the world. So maybe the other side of the world are national parks. Yeah, okay. Then yes, I would do that. Okay, white so. glove service. Sure. Sure. Why not? Well, I mean, there are some people that would li- literally hate that and would rather just be in a bus or an RV for months. If so I'm in just... a jungle with white glove service, I'm pretty happy because right? I really like jungles and I know. The woods and I know. Like that. And that's the best part about the Philippines and also about like Central America. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spent most of my summers in high school going to Guatemala and Honduras, and it's like. Holy smokes! This the way they live out there with like machetes and hammocks. Yes, it's just so machetes, yeah. yeah, it's just so fun. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Well, living around cobras wasn't super fun. No, or scorpions. <laughs> as long as we saw them, we're good. Yep, you're oh, good. It's over there. Or like <laughs> weird witch doctor stuff in the drum. It's weird. It gets weird out there. Okay, would you rather <laughs> remodel a house or build your dream home custom? Um, I would burn it down and build it again. Really? Yeah. I don't like spiders and I feel like my house is older and has a lot of spiders. Might as well burn it. Now, if it were cute, if the house were cute and had character, I'm all about redoing right. it and keeping historical, but this is a 1960s house. Right. Knock it down. It's got Just burn it. In the rafters. Burn it down. Start your own <laughs> fire and burn it down. 
All right. right, Jake, we are at that point of the show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down, a nugget of wisdom. So Jake Kaiser, what is your write it down? My write it down is self-empowerment through self-reliance. And, and that's just a great reminder. If you're feeling low, if your energy is low, if you're feeling down on yourself, even in a moment, learn a new word in mm-hmm. a foreign language that you think is pretty. Yep. Um, learn to knit, learn to start a fire, do something small mm-hmm. to have an accomplishment. Yep. Oh, I did that. I'm going to, I just learned a new word and I'll use it all day and I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And so it's self-empowerment through self-reliance. I so love just that. just find one small thing and do it. I love Anything. that. And you know what's so cool about that um, is it's true. When you're going through like a dark time and you learn to go do something again, it is so filling. I was in a dark time and I went and learned how to ride horses and like yeah. actually took lessons because, I mean, I've ridden a horse before, but like to learn and that. now you can control a beast. Right. Exactly. I mean. It was, it was a little rough out there, but learning, <laughs> but it's, it's so fun to, to, again, not just sit there and waste the day away or learn how to, you know, stand and stain a table. I mean, there are things I don't That's like right. know what to do, but I want to, or don't know yeah. how to do, but I want to. And so it really is empowering. So Jake Kaiser, thank you so much for joining us and write it down. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so fun. I could talk to you for centuries. So and we I, will, we will. Tampa. we're going to get together. We're going to get together and we're going to have yeah. tea with Oprah. Yeah, we are. I love it. Well, Jake Kaiser, thank you so much. I can't wait to interview again after all of this craziness of your book tour. So be on the lookout, those who are listening and watching for her new book, Daffodil Hill, coming out June 7th. Thank you so much, Jake. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.